What's up, guys? Welcome to the Humans of MarTech podcast. His name is John Taylor. My name is Phil Gamash. Our mission is to future-proof the humans behind the tech so you can have a successful and happy career in marketing. All right. What's up, guys? Uh, in this series, we profile a recent marketing grad or a current student and answer some of their questions that are most pressing around the world of MarTech and how to be happy in their current marketing career. Today, we are joined by Augustine Karsmarzik. Augustine, why don't you uh, give uh, our listeners kind of a quick rundown on uh, who you are? Sure thing. So, yes. Hello, my name is Augustine, and I'm super excited to be here today which is a cliche, but it's, it's true. It's just, this environment is, is awesome. And uh, I'm glad to be a part of this. As uh, Phil said, I am one of the, uh, the student routes. So I'm almost graduated from the university of Ottawa and I'm uh, completing my BCom with a marketing specialization. Cool. And Jonathan Simon was your, your teacher. One of oh your yeah. Teachers, right? Yeah. He was, uh, he was a great guy, you know, just in general, but uh, very committed as a professor and just, I know you gave him a, a very solid intro and he was uh, pretty flattered, I'm sure, but it's all, it's all true. He's, he's really dedicated and he's played a big role. In- yeah. He's, he's super legit. It's, it's awesome that we have people who are legit marketers teaching, teaching the next generation, but sorry, I interrupted. If you, if you had to guess like uh, all the classes you've taken, the blogs that you've read, like if you had to guess in 10 years, like what's going to be your specialty in, in digital marketing, what would you pick today? Yeah. Um, I guess, as of right now, I would say my strengths are most suited to the content marketing space. Okay. I, I like creating blogs and uh, we've done a bunch of that in the digital marketing class. And it's definitely, uh, <laughs> it's a marathon, I guess. Like mm-hmm. the first content, yeah. I, I definitely struggled with putting it out and not feeling super confident and sharing my voice. Like what justifies me in this space with so many experts. And right. I started out even before branching out into my own personal blog, like reaching out to LinkedIn and just asking people for advice, like how they are confident sharing their ideas in that space and got a really great, a uh, lot of feedback and that engagement was really encouraging. So that, that helped me. Uh, so content marketing right now, I think has my heart, but I'd, I'd like to move forward and grow my skill sets in, in, you know, like growth areas. So I recognize the importance of, uh, you know, data and analytics and making those insights driven decisions. So I, I really want to get a grasp of that moving forward. How confident as a student, just the thought of this, how confident as a student do you feel about understanding your, what career paths exist for you as a marketer? Like you mentioned content and growth, like there's a whole wide world out there that gets like, obviously with marketing, uh, you get more and more specific over time. Like just as a confidence threshold, do you feel like you, you have a good sense of the different pathways that you can take? I think that there's definitely a lot of room for improvement in uh, in prepping me for this uh, like new phase. I have an idea, but I know that there's so much out there that uh, needs to be explored. And I, it's a daunting process too, even in, in anticipation of graduation, looking at all these listings and uh, seeing like the qualifications and expectations and thinking, wow, like there's no way I can really break into this. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad that there are so many resources that help to like chip away and try to clarify like what options are out there. And you guys have even done a great job of that as yeah, far thanks. as putting some stuff on my radar. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is, this is an interesting thing for a lot of people because this doesn't change when you go into marketing, <laughs> you're always going to have these options in front of you. Phil and I talk all the time, like, where do you see your career set going? Right. Um, you can go the individual contributor, you can go into technical, you can go into management. Like these options, are 
it's awesome about marketing. I don't find that very many doors close on you ever, um, unless you're a poor performer in one area, then, you know, it's probably good for you to close that for yourself. Yeah. It's, it's not really a fair question to, to ask you who is like about to graduate, like what you see yourself doing in 10, in 10 years. I, I ask you, cause I'm, I'm curious to like get a sense of like what your passion is coming out of school. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with chasing that in the early days, but like the, the only advice I have for, for folks. And I don't know if you had the chance to take the co-op program at auto U. Like I, I did the same bachelor's as you and I did the co-op program and I got to get like a bit of a sense of like different types of companies, different industries, you know, working with like small tight knit teams and like a marketing agency. And then I worked in like a government uh, department and I got to see like how much slower and like more bureaucracy there is and stuff, but like a lot more process and a lot more mentors. So, you know, uh, they're the, the only way to really figure out what you want to do in 10 years today is to like try a bunch of different shit and not be worried early in your career about like having to like pick the perfect job like straight out of school like just try a bunch of shit and like you'll you'll figure it out as as you go along there you go <laughs> definitely just speaking to the, the co-op program so i think the co-op program is great and I, I would encourage people to stick with it if they can uh i also think it has a long way to go as far as the way the system works and and uh, yeah, like uh, if if you're not satisfied with like the the options that are presented to you in in the co-op program, like I, I'm not saying that 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 was a thing for for you, but uh, getting the sense of that a little bit, and like going back to when when I was there myself, like I was totally the case too. Like there was like 250 postings for like marketing slash communications role, but like 95% of them were not roles that were super interesting to me, and I was competing as a first or a second year student with like fourth year students for some of the most interesting jobs uh so like i don't know how much that has changed but um think of like co-op as just like a one of the the routes that you can take for for getting experience like while you're in school um like building out a network and like reaching out to like the startup garage in ottawa and like chatting with other people that are like building like their own little companies and you do websites for them or you do content for them like there's there's a lot of different routes you can take and it doesn't just have to be the co-op route uh, i think co-op is cool for like there, there's nothing wrong with taking one of those like boring opportunities with government if if like you need to to do that to figure out that that's not something you like like i don't want to throw shade at, at government i have friends that work in government that listen to their show um and they're super happy like in, in their stress-free job so that yet yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with that that route either yeah way to stay diplomatic all right <laughs> i'm just curious you know we talk about this a lot on the podcast about being happy and what what is your game plan for being a, a happy productive uh, worker bee when you're when you're released into industry my approach to like teamwork in general, I think is, is really important. And, and I'll take uh, that approach of like communication and honesty to whatever employer. And I think that's so important to really share what's on your mind. And, and it, for me, I need to be in an environment where uh, that's supportive and I'm free to ask those questions. And that that's a key for me at least. And another thing, your, uh, your episode dedicated to the IC route versus management, that, that give me a lot of food for thought mm -hmm. because uh, I've realized to sometimes like not fight for leadership and let dynamics change. Mm -hmm. So it's been a unique adjustment. I'm not sure what I enjoy more. Sometimes I recognize like I need to play a role and I love to just like have these deep work sessions, mm -hmm. but other times uh, I feel like maybe my voice isn't heard enough if I'm, I'm not taking on that leadership role. So it's, it's tough to navigate, but mm -hmm. uh, it'll be an interesting 
it doesn't get easier. it doesn't get easier. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, awesome. <laughs> good. You get you get more options, and it's it's both both good and bad. It's it's good to consider these things. It's definitely good to have them in mind. But ultimately, at the end of the day, like you're you're in your career, you're going to be looking to land your first first job, and that job is always instrumental and foundational. But you know, sometimes you take a job that's not exactly what your what your end goal is. Um, so yeah, I think it's good. It's good to have an open mind. I think you got the right perspective here. All right, Augustine, why don't we, uh, get into the question? So you, you were picked as one of the winners from, from our contest from Jonathan Simon's students. Um, you sent over a bunch of good questions. We ended up picking one, uh, that was super close to, to uh, both of our hearts. So, uh, super cool question. Why don't you, uh, read it off for the, the listeners? All right. Happily. When it comes to building a personal brand, how can one balance publicity and privacy? Can you be credible while concealed or is being out in the open something you simply must embrace until you've established a presence? I, I really like this question. I think Phil, you wanted me to kind of get, get all teed up. So I'm going to be a toddler. Why do you want to have a brand in public? Right. I've hired uh, and worked with, in my opinion, some of the top marketers on this planet and you wouldn't, you wouldn't know them on LinkedIn from anybody else. Maybe they hit the like button once a year and they are successful in their careers and they're moving up in the ranks and they're getting paid just as much money as a person who maybe more money actually than the person who's doing, who's doing this every day. And I think there's a lot of pressure on marketers because like we're stuck in this echo chamber where we're all marketers. So we're like, you know, a bunch of talking heads and we're like, well, you know, what do you do? You got to market yourself. And I think we get confused a little bit about why we're doing this. So that would be like, before I even worry about like whether, how to maintain that balance, I would really, really think about why you want to build this brand for yourself. And I would challenge just like I do in the IC versus manager route is actually, you probably don't want to do it. And like, I'll just kind of speak from my own experience. Like 2020 was the year that I actually started doing quote unquote things in public. Um, the podcast launch was like really the first time that I ever did anything in a public way. I've done some speaking here and there. And, um, at first I was actually super uncomfortable with it. Like you go check out my LinkedIn. I'm not, I'm not posting a whole bunch. I'm not, I'm not on social a whole bunch. Like my Twitter is, is a sad, a sad craven place of unliked, you know, retweets. Um, <laughs> and, and the truth is, and so how does, how does JT, as we would put it, feel comfortable promoting himself? I think you've got to go two or three steps back and to this why question. And then for me, my personal journey has been understand my career mission statement. So, and it's actually a personal mission statement for myself. And I, I went through this activity where I really thought about what do I want to do? Like when I show up to work, because I was running into this, do I manage, do I individual contribute? What do I want to be? And then I realized where I, where I stand as a human being. And I became very confident in that. So then Posting on social is an extension of that mission. I can't achieve my mission of helping people because um, I love teaching. Like, I think this is like my, my soul is wants to be a teacher. Um, I can't help people if I don't talk and I don't get out there a little bit. So I have to be a bit uncomfortable with that, with that, but it feels so natural, right? Like I'm not trying to do this inorganic brand building, you know, smash the like button. And I'm not saying these are disingenuous things. Like I actually follow some of these people and I think, that they they have that true north and that mission statement already well well underway, right? So then it becomes an extension because if you're not genuine, you're not going to go anywhere on this. The next thing I would say is just like the comparison of an extrovert versus an introvert, right? Mm -hmm. 
the social media is populated by all these extroverts who are willing to flip the phone on themselves. Like my profile picture on LinkedIn is from like 2015 or some crap like that. Like I don't even look like the same person anymore. And so is the podcast cover art, by the way. Yeah. Like I I've totally changed my, and like, I have never bothered to get another profile pic. And I, I'm not saying it's wrong for other people to do it. I'm just saying like, you, you've really got to, yeah, you got to care. So I would say I'm, I'm somewhat introverted in this respect. I straddle it. I'd say my I'm, I'm in between an extrovert and introvert, generally speaking. But if you're an introvert, you feel like, oh, man, I'm at such a disadvantage, right? All these people are brand building and I'm stuck here holding the bag, waiting for something to happen. So this this little piece is for all those people who are thinking I'm an introvert. You're an introvert and you don't want to post. Don't post. Don't do it. Don't waste your time on on this influencer crap because it's crap. You know what I mean? You will become an influencer through other things. And if you want the privacy aspect of this, this is what I would say is invest your time. Instead of worrying about establishing a brand, invest that same equivalent amount of time into reading books or better yet. We talked a little bit about how you get experience. Treat yourself like a programmer. Self-taught programmers go out and they build. Go build something. Go build a blog. Go build a Twitter handle. Go build a Shopify store. And when somebody slides out across the table at me in an interview and they're like, yo, I built a blog that has 3,000 monthly visitors. So 3,000 monthly visitors, yeah, it's a personal side project. Like, dude, that's so dope. Like, I want to work with you because you're willing to put in the work. You've got receipts. And one of the things that, that you don't necessarily see at the beginning of your career that you see in the middle is sometimes the influencers don't have as many receipts as they look like, right? And the people who've got receipts are the ones who, who really start to bubble up in the top of the career. And so last thing I'll say kind of on this little track is just like people like Phil and I and others, as you meet them in the, your career, are desperate to recommend awesome people to our to our friends and colleagues. You know how often Phil and I get asked, do you know a good digital marketer who's good in growth, analytics, ops? I'm not going to LinkedIn to find the influencer. I'm talking to somebody who I've worked with, who I had a good experience with. And I, I guarantee you that there's people who've got jobs purely because they've made that great introduction. So I would definitely challenge your assumptions going in whether this is this is good or not. I also, flipping gears a little bit, I would also advise you you think about your, if you decide that this is the path for you, that's awesome. Do it, right? Embrace it. And, and, and it's totally fine. There's multiple paths for everybody out there on the internet and we can choose to do anything we want, right? Start a podcast, and, <laughs> but make sure, you, make sure you love it because if you don't love it, it's going to be another, another podcast in the trash bin of history. And, you know, the average podcast has what, seven episodes recorded and you, you've got to get yourself past that, past that stage and you've got to understand your passion. So focus on that in your early career. Don't worry about all this other stuff. Um, but when you do decide that you want to do that, understand your mission statement, understand, I'd almost say like not in a, in a fake way, but you do have to protect yourself, right? You have to come up with a persona that makes sense for you. Understand what you post, understand how comfortable you are. Like I follow people who are out there saying some things that I think are pretty controversial and it's thought provoking, but boy, I never feel comfortable thinking about that this way. Like it, it's just not the way that you are. So you really understand who it is, limit yourself in terms of your persona, but yeah, first and foremost question, whether this is the right path or not. This was awesome. JT rant. I feel like we should just like make a cut of that and make that its own episode right it's, there it's it's such bullshit i see this all <laughs> it's, i see this all the time with with like people you know in my career 
it's like, I need to be an influencer to get up. And then they, they get into this like hustle where they're breaking their backs, trying to post on LinkedIn for three likes, or they're on Instagram for this, like this, this instant gratification and the legit people, I know legit marketers and, and you, and people listening, know legit people, you hear in the back of your head, like, yeah, if, if I could assemble the all-star team of marketers, is your first five picks off the influencer list or is it going to be the people that you know that you trust? And when you, when you have a group of people who you trust, I think that's super huge. So, you know, work on your personal brand at an individual level as well. Like the idea of getting mentors. So, so, so key, you're meant, if you can find a good mentor, somebody who's willing to invest in you and you invest in that relationship too, it's a two way street. Your mentor becomes a huge factor for you down the line, right? And it's not the size of your network, it's the quality of it. Boom. Um, I'm not going to play devil's advocate on, on, on this side here. Cause I'm, I'm more on your side, uh, for sure. But I will, I will say like the, the example you gave about like, um, instead of like being someone who's super loud on social and like focuses on, on exposure, like read books and like build a, a Twitter audience or, or like uh, build a blog post and like reach 3000 visitors. Like my only caveat to that is like, um, it's, it's easier to like reach 3000 visitors on a website that you launch. Like if you are building in public, if you are like not just focusing on like the brand image that you're building, but also focusing on the exposure piece of that. So like, I, I think uh, like one of the oldest like career uh, psychologists uh, slash author is uh, this guy called Harvey Coleman. And he came up with this pie system that like helps people progress in their careers and it's performance image and exposure. And it's up to you to decide like how much time you invest in in the three ratios of that system like performance is how well you do at your job like how good are you at your craft image is like your personal brand like it's not just like what you stand for but it's like what other people perceive you stand for and then the exposure side is a bit more like the debate that we're having here today is like how often are you going out and telling other people what you do and like what you're good at and like this goes beyond just your body and like people you work with directly, but like your network. And it doesn't just have to be like you posting shit on LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, it could be like you jumping and having coffee with like one of your mentors. Like I love that you mentioned mentorship there because like being, being public or, or like building or learning in public and like it doesn't just have to be focused on like pushing stuff out on social. Um, but I definitely like uh, like some parts of that. Like the, the pros the pros of like, you know, dedicating time to like sharing the stuff that you're learning. Like to me, one of the biggest pros is like the, the element of like paying it forward. Like when I was growing up in my career and like trying to figure shit out on the fly, like I would Google stuff all the time. And like the only reason I was able to like advance in some specific areas is because I found a blog post by this random dude or this random chick who wrote this and like like help me figure it out. And I got answers to my question. And that person like might not have been all in on like personal branding, but like they focused on the exposure piece because they wrote this blog post and they shared it on their network. And I was able to like answer questions. So today, like if I'm able to like um, give out any type of like little piece of advice where folks can double down on their own like careers and like um, get some benefit out of that, like that to me is one of the big pros of it. The other one is immediate feedback. Like we talked a lot about this, like building in public side of things. And, you know, a lot of people like to make a big deal of it. Like I'm, I'm building in public today. And like they, they treat Twitter as kind of like a journal entry. Um, like if, if you focus on the exposure side of 
your personal brand as a way to share shit that you find valuable or you know people are going to love reading like and it's part of your story and your brand um i think that there's there's nothing wrong with that like the question you need to figure out is how much time are you willing to spend on that exposure piece of it and i would say like early in your career it doesn't need to be as heavy on the exposure side as you're building out the image and you're like really focusing on on the performance side of things as you're kind of like uh, building out credibility around there one other thing i'll add is this is this is something i typically i see all the time is marketers are actually really really crappy at selling their work um internally yeah and and like i see it i see it too often where there's this massive or this even a small win right that just goes un uncelebrated like you don't want to be on participation prize internally, but you definitely want to make sure that like you're not perceived. This is a kind of internal politics, but you don't want to be perceived as a cost center. So marketing really needs to make sure that we're we're sharing our work, sharing what we do internally and the value that we add. And individually, when you're working on a project, like don't just like launch a project internally and say, oh, it's done and walk walk away from it. Like it doesn't mean you have to make a huge deal out of it either, but there's a balance of saying like, Hey, like, Hey, I followed up on the reporting. Here's the stats that came out of this. And, and people start to take notice. You don't have to get a, a clap on the back every time this happens, but over time people take notice and they recognize you as somebody who gets it done. I think yeah. a lot of people will find that reassuring. And uh, I think maybe there's a future episode in there too, for the the channels, maybe to recommend how people can find mentorship opportunities. And yeah. That that's a good question. That's a very mm. good one. Yeah. 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 It's been a huge, huge in my own personal career. So uh, thanks so much for being on this. This was a, a good discussion and while I appreciate having the opportunity to rant for however long I ranted. So <laughs> yeah, Augustine, uh, why don't you uh, share with the folks like uh, any side hustles you're, you're working on right now or anything you want to plug to the audience go for. Oh yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm prepared for this one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so right now I'm really, really captivated by the construction and the building science space just in my mm -hmm. own time. I love learning more about uh, architecture and, and how we can have more sustainable buildings and, and the off-grid space, especially. Very that, cool. That's really, really intriguing to me. Uh, I'm trying to learn Arduino in my free time too. So the, nice. the language and the microcontroller to build like a little gadget. <laughs> and uh, I think that's that's a cool thing that I really admire like the machines that we use to, you know, for our livelihoods. And if I can replicate that on the smallest scale, uh, that, that will be really rewarding to me. And, uh, I guess this is my big pitch to, to the listeners. If, if you'll let me, I hope that people will consider the following learning an instrument. So this is, this is, this is what I'll say. I think the pandemic has thrown a wrench in a lot of our hobbies and leisure time. And uh, for me, like inability to play sports and see friends and, and do things that are active and, mm. you know, give me like endorphins and inputs right away has been tough. You can learn to read music faster than any coding language or spoken language. Mm -hmm. This is backed mm -hmm. only by my personal brain science, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's doable. Musical notes sound the same no matter where you are in the world. So if you can play a song, I'm confident you can make a friend. There's there's probably some good science as well to support uh, playing instrument being good for your brain and those connections, but I, I can't speak to that. So uh, you can rent an instrument, almost anything that you're really interested in, or you know, like hey, I like that sound. You can rent an instrument for less than forty dollars a month, and oftentimes even less than twenty dollars a month. And with all the free resources out there, you can totally make that money worth your while with thirty days. 
if you try it, maybe you love it and you stick with it and you gain a new skill. And if you hate it, at least you'll walk away with a greater appreciation for that instrument and music in general. And I think uh, that's just a really special thing. So that's all I want to say. <laughs> Thanks. Dude. I love the plug. Uh, true story. At the beginning, uh, well, about September and the pandemic, I decided that I was going to learn the glockenspiel. I'm, I'm a self-taught drummer and I've been drumming for about 15 years. So I decided I'm going to learn the, the glockenspiel solely so that I could play Super Mario on the uh, on it for my for my daughter. And I started learning how to, sh to, to sheet read because I had to eventually, like otherwise drums were very intuitive for me. But that's awesome. True story. That's a, that's an awesome plug. I love the mental health aspect of this. We got to take care of ourselves, guys, and that's a huge thing in your life. So, you know, take a date, go for a walk. You have our permission. I'm picturing JT playing the drums without <laughs> shoes and just rocking it. I, I play without everything, just <laughs> without inhibition. That's the most important. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, man. Uh, we'll uh, we'll chat with you soon. Now, thanks again for for being on the show and. Uh, asking that awesome question thank you guys appreciate it thanks i just wanted to say before we start uh just so you guys feel like good about yourselves i'm sure you already do but good job on the podcast because like i've listened to a bunch of uh ones and like from the get-go uh, it's been very high quality all the time. Like so awesome. many people that are new to it, it's like really trash audio and like just mm -hmm. flow and everything. And just wanted to give you guys a, a shout out for being good. So yeah, man, thanks Thank so man. much. Appreciate I really appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate. <laughs> right. it. We had, we had a, a, the lost episodes where we did all that shit. So nice, good call. <laughs>